Good day and welcome. welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you for listening. Leave us a review. We have new episodes every week. We're glad you're here. We learn how to confine your kids to their bedroom, no matter how controversial. And then Melody Rose will take you through guided meditation. We'll also answer the age-old question, do you tell your partner you cheated on them with their buddy? We also hear the story of the blind date vacation. Ooh, then we cram in more information about catheters than you ever wanted to know. <laughs> Plus, we've got all the most Canadian headlines ever, like Ontario man sorry for chugging eight beers and swimming to Detroit. <laughs> we have a new episode every week. Thanks for listening. Melanie and Foreman. Melanie has a problem. Well, well yeah. where do we begin? Be more specific. <laughs> On Hot Country 103.5. Melody is so in her right mind because she's been sleeping peacefully, just nice and sound, best sleeps ever. Melody Rose, that defines you perfectly, doesn't it? Uh, wrong. <laughs> I am literally teetering on the brink of insanity. Okay, so the, the, the too long didn't read about this is that my toddler has refused to stay in her room at bedtime for the last mm, 120 or so nights. Ever since she got her big girl bed and she's been getting out of bed consistently and it lasts anywhere from three to five hours. And it's not like she's just getting out and, you know, just doing normal things. She's getting out and needing me. And mm-hmm. It's a huge issue for me in particular because I'm the one that does the bedtime routine and I'm the one that gets up at 345 in the morning. It is not that she is not tired. She is exhausted. <laughs> no, she's very tired. She is so tired. Sometimes she is literally swaying. She is that exhausted. It is that she cannot help herself but keep trying to come out. So I can't keep her in a room, right? No, and I don't think you can properly convey how extreme Lily will go. No. Like, we have spared you most of the stories through, you know, if you listen every once in a while. You've heard some, but we've spared you a lot because you come in every day with something else that floors me. She's a criminal mastermind. Yeah. I am desperate. I don't need her to sleep. I just need her to stay in her room. And there's only so much more I can take before I think I might snap. So save, save Foreman. <laughs> and call now. Yeah. 902-425-1035. Aaron, what, what have you done with your kids? Finally, I was just so fed up. I just said, there, there's foxes outside. There's, there's scary things outside. And they all come out at night. And if the children aren't sleeping, they like little things. So they're like, oh, okay, they understood that. And they and they went back to sleep. So it, it worked. And then I would go on Netflix and watch my show and have a great night's sleep. <laughs> how, how old are the kids? They're seven and nine now. So they do understand that we were telling fibs. Yeah. But they also understand that, you know, we needed our time because in the morning we felt better. Well, and exactly. if we feel better, no one's, everyone's feeling good and we all have a nice day. You feel less loving <laughs> without it. I, it, it. It's exactly like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I never meant it to be mean or, or anything or to, you know, scar them. But, you know, they're at a point now they understand and, and all is well. And it's funny because, I, you know, I was telling my brother about this and he's like, you're crazy. You shouldn't be doing this to your kids. And I said, I'm desperate. I'm tired. They're tired. We all need to sleep. We just need to figure this out. And now he had his kids who are now two and four. And a few years ago, he came up to me and said, Aaron, you'll never believe it, but I'm using coyotes. And I said, interesting. And he's like, and I've gone a step further than you. And I have said, don't even bother calling me when I close this door because I'm outside scaring them away. And so they would just lay in bed quietly, eventually fall asleep while he's watching Netflix and and having a drink. Uh, Well, you guys aren't the only one using uh, coyotes and foxes because uh, (laughs) when we had some nine-year-olds sleeping over at our house over the weekend, they didn't want to go outside as it was getting dark to play like some of the other girls did because there were coyotes that would get them. Like actually or just mommy and daddy said so? Somebody (laughs) somewhere in their brains they think that that's a thing. They must have been talking to Aaron. (laughs) I know. How sure are you about their current stance on foxes. 
So they're not, they know that it, like I was telling a fib, but they're also not sure, like foxes do come out at night and they are hunting. So do we want to take that chance? Probably not. <laughs> hunting children. Uh, do you have a story? Okay, so it's not actually about me, it's about my husband. Oh, okay. Because he was a little escape artist when he was younger. She ended up stacking milk crates and then putting a baby over top of that milk crate. <laughs> Wow. She she put a mountain in front of the door. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Lindsay? How did you keep your, your little one in their room at nighttime? Uh, my toddler, when she switched to a toddler bed, also would not stay in bed. Um, so we just kept the bedroom door closed. We child-proofed it so she couldn't get out. And we just baby-proofed the room and just left her be. If she cried, she cried. And it didn't take very long before she figured it out and... Started sleeping. She had a couple nights she slept on the floor, but... Is child-proofing the door uh, a nicer way of saying you locked it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> whatever, okay. whatever you need to do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we had yeah. a we had a, a patch where we put one of the the plastic doorknob things on it, so she couldn't turn the knob. Yes, yeah. on the inside, so it was base. It was like locking it. Yeah. Yeah. We exactly. also got a text saying put a doorknob with a lock on the outside and lock it after bedtime routine. Be firm and consistent. She may sleep a few nights on the floor, but eventually she'll get it. And the consistent talking to her is rewarding the negative behavior. And I know it is like, but I'm just, you know, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Um, I agree. This is what I want to do. I want to take our doorknob, which has the lock on the inside and I just want to flip it. So the lock's on the outside. That's exactly what we did. Yeah. And it's only if she tries to get out and then uh, you don't have to do it once they learn. No, you just have to stay in your room. You can play in your room. You can do whatever you want in your room. You just have to stay in it. Exactly. And I just, if she yells at it, like, you just need to ignore her. It's going to be really hard yeah. for a couple of days. I agree. I feel like it would only take a few nights max. We did the sleep <laughs> training when she was a baby. I know how this works. I just cannot get my other half on board. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. I don't know if it will help or not, but I know trying to get my husband on board when we were sleep training, I just said, um, you know, it's, it's important for her to learn how to, like, she needs to sleep as much as we do. Yes. For her development. So I'm going to give my husband your number uh, so you can explain all of this to him. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. You too. Hi, you're on Hot Country 103.5. Who's this? It's Scotty Collins. <gasps> Scotty! It's Scotty. Come on, Scotty. He's got a rocking little buddy. Because he's very well rested. <laughs> yes, that's it. Um, <laughs> I heard the coyote story. You'll never believe it, but I'm using coyotes. Tell your kids about coyotes. Now, we did do that because we did have a brief little spurt where my young fellow wouldn't sleep. Now, he really likes to look stuff up, right? We told him about coyotes, and he was like, I don't know if this is true or not. So he's quite young, but he's looking on the Internet. Comes across the Coyote Ugly movie. Oh, uh, so now he is still terrified of gyrating female bartenders. <laughs> you know, check your parental controls on your Netflix. Make sure they're in place. Yeah. Thank, you. Oh, thank you. What about Scotty. this? I, my friend Mike, who's a magician, I wonder what this movie's about. <laughs> yeah. This has nothing to do with that necessarily, but you remember when we went on the lobster boat with Dave, uh, Dave and Dylan uh, off Tancook Island? How could I forget? Yes, he had a lot of jokes about hummus. Is it just a coincidence that there was some of that Roundup, that carcinogenic weed killer? Yeah. That went off the market and hummus come on the market at the same time. <laughs> I don't know what, what he has against hummus. I think about hummus, I don't know. Everybody's got a thing. Yes, well, the phone is ringing. Oh. Uh, hi, you're on Hot Country 103.5. Who's this? Um, put a container of hummus outside your kids' doors, and they won't come out in the middle of the night. <laughs> They'll stay in forever. Oh, yeah. Why didn't I try thinking of hummus? <laughs> it might attract the foxes and coyotes, though. <laughs> Maybe a crate of lobsters uh, <laughs> might actually terrify her for life. That's true. Is that how you kept Dylan and Megan in the rooms uh, uh, when they were younger? Just just have some unbanded lobsters outside their door? <laughs> no, no. A container of hummus and they had to have a taste if they come out. He's, he's sticking by that story. He will not waver. <laughs> Hot 
busted for meth wearing I'm too good for drugs t-shirt. I mean, he was. He was too good for them. <laughs> Melody and Foreman in the morning on Hot Country 103.5. That's one of many headlines in the news this week that we couldn't possibly make up, and we can round them up for you, even though it's Thursday, but it's really Friday because Canada Day is tomorrow. Yay! And that will also bring us to a special Canada Day edition of Headlines in Mere Moments from Now. Oh, Canada. But first, around the world... Dutch woman mortified after overheating vibrator draws firefighters. <gasps> I just, I can understand how it would have happened. Anyway, go. <laughs> Ohio man, first person ever diagnosed with whistling scrotum. You know, if there was audio of that, I would be the first person to share it with I'm you. picturing Pam and Tommy. Don't you know, picture Anyway, anything. okay, go on. <laughs> Pennsylvania woman naked from the waist down tells police snakes ate her pants. <laughs> That's a good one. And now, across Canada we go. BC man politely asks family of bears to leave his yard. <gasps> At Alberta men's rec league hockey game, woman arrested after drunken on-ice striptease. <laughs> Good for her. Saskatchewan ranchers stunned as beaver herds cattle. Oh my Goat arrested after walking into Saskatchewan Tim Hortons refusing to leave. <laughs> Saskatchewan RCMP head to frosh party, bring chips and salsa. <laughs> Ontario police looking for man who robbed convenience store with snowbrush. Ontario man sorry for chugging eight beers and swimming to Detroit. (laughs) Hockey game breaks out after massive pileup on Quebec Highway. After fallen tree damages PEI couple's car, Beaver still at large. (laughs) That Beaver again! Newfoundland police seek man who hid chicken in his pants, then flew the coop. (laughs) And now finally to Nova Scotia for a Canada Day edition of Headlines that we can't possibly make up. Where Nova Scotia legal battle sees competing pirates of Halifax cross swords in court. Only room in this town for one of us. Double double trouble. Nova Scotia man arrested after breaking into Tim Hortons and making coffee. RCMP reminds Nova Scotians to lock their doors after pair enter wrong home and clean it. And finally, most Nova Scotian car thief ever returns stolen vehicle with full tank of gas. <laughs> Everybody! For the weekend, um, who who moved from Ontario, and I <laughs> well, we all do, but <laughs> but uh, but in meeting, you know, we were having this lovely little chat, and she just started talking about all of these stories all come up, right? And one of the stories that she had was about a blind date vacation. What? <laughs> which she's going to tell us about later, but it got me thinking about all of those. Stupid things you do when you're young, right? Like the dumbest things that that afterwards you're like, oh my God, that was really stupid of me and I'm lucky I didn't die. (laughs) Right? Like what? (laughs) This is the first time my mom's ever hearing this, by the way. Oh, good. This is even better. Have fun, mom. I had got a job playing Cinderella for the Alberta Opera for a nine-month gig. And I didn't live in Edmonton, but I told them in the audition that I was moving there because that's what you do in interviews. You lie. So... (laughs) That's what they're for. (laughs) I had to find an apartment because I needed this job. Yeah. And so I searched and I found one on this Kijiji or Craigslist. And it was the right price range. And the pictures looked really nice. And I messaged the man. It was a man who lived in this apartment. And he seemed nice enough. So you would have to be roommates with this random stranger? Yeah. It was his apartment, but he was renting out a room. But it was a really nice apartment. And I'm like, okay, I'll move in. (laughs) <laughs> and I flew to Edmonton. Wow. I had an address, 
I gave it to the cab. I didn't even know where in the city this was. Oh, no. I had no idea where I was going. I wasn't going to know until I got there. Oh, no. (laughs) And I walk up and met the person that I was going to be living with that I met on Craigslist or Kijiji for the very first time that night. I think it was like 10 p.m. at night. Oh, my goodness. So many things could have gone wrong in the story. It was the dumbest thing I ever did. Every single part of that story is awful. Every part. There is no good parts to that story. It was the dumbest thing I ever did. He was a perfectly nice guy, and I'm very lucky I didn't die. Natasha, this has inspired you to call with something that happened to you. (laughs) Well, it was the year my sister got married. So her and I and her husband and his brother went to Coco Bongo's and we had VIP. So we had free drinks all night, like up dancing on tables. And they somehow, I think they got in a fight. I don't really remember how it happened, but her and I stormed out thinking, screw them. We're going to go back to our resort. I have no idea where the resort is. So we just walk and walk, and I'm like, I have to pee. There's no bushes, so I stop at a convenience store. I go in and say, hey, do you guys have a washroom? And the security guard or whoever was there took me around back, and there was this bucket right in the middle (laughs) of, like, a parking lot. Like, just a white bucket. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no thanks. So then I turn around, and, like, these six or seven guys out of nowhere – just come and completely surround me, you know, like grabbing my butt and trying to kiss me. (gasps) And I'm like, oh, my God. So I pretended that I liked it so they wouldn't, you know, get aggressive. And I just slipped out. And then my sister and I, we just ran. (sighs) And then we flagged down police who just happened to be driving by. And they're like, oh, just we'll take you back to the resort. And we're like, okay. (laughs) So we get it. We're in between, like it's this rundown truck, and we're in between these two Mexican police officers. And so I'm actually, you know, um, a cop up in Canada. And I think that might have been maybe what saved us. I don't know. Oh, gosh. You are you so are lucky. lucky. So lucky. Yeah. And I bet you've never been off the resort since. <laughs> I have not been. <laughs> This was a really fun text from Aaron, who I met on the weekend. Uh, it was basically like a blind friend date. Oh. And, you know, we were we were texting about how, you know, we went on this blind friend date and it was super fun. And then she texted back that she had a blind date vacation story that surprisingly didn't kill her. What? <laughs> to which I said, okay, we got to hear that story. What is it? How it started out was... My friend was like, I have a a friend of my husband's I want to set you up with. So we added each other to Facebook. And at that time, people were updating their statuses of how they felt. Right? We're in our young 20s. So my status that day when he added me was, I really need to go on a vacation. And he jokingly said, I'll go on a vacation with you. And we just laughed about it. And I was like, yeah, that could be so much fun. Like, I don't even care. And we booked a trip like an hour later to, can't, we decide, I know, it was crazy. So we went to, we each paid for our own trip. We booked to Cancun and we went to a very busy resort during spring break season, just in case we, we you know, we kind of planned in he- ahead in case we didn't like each other. You could woo spring break it up. Yeah. We we're kind of being smart that way while being really dumb. <laughs> right. Yes. This all Anyways. sounds very, very smart, <laughs> very well yeah. planned out. Well, I, I've, I know. It's a terrible <laughs> thing. Anyway, so he picked me up to go to the airport, and this is the first time we're meeting, and he gets out of the car, and I was like, oh, no, he is not my type of person. Oh, no. <laughs> Shoot. Did you not even see a picture of him? Like, what? Yeah, we, we did not... see pictures, but pictures are deceiving. It's not the same, yeah. <laughs> you can just you meet someone, and you just feel it. <sighs> He's not even holding a giant fish. What the hell? <laughs> Oh, it was bad. I get in the car and he's like, so do you mind holding all of my money and my passport? I just don't want to lose it. And I'm thinking, am I your mother? <laughs> like, what? Anyways, we get on the plane. It's spring break, of course. So it's all people our age. And we there's a group of guys. There was like, I think six guys. They're like, we will be happy to watch out for you this week. They were, they were the greatest people, like 
the friendliest, nicest people, like right away I could trust them that they would not do anything to hurt me. So I <laughs> took their word for it. Oh. I'm like, I'm going to be very trusting. But yeah. they, they were. That night we all decided to go out together. He just gets wasted. And I find him in the pool funneling beer. And he's already wasted. I was like, really? That lasted like an hour. (laughs) Funneling. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And the next morning, there's Mexican police in my room. And he's like, Aaron, I didn't do it. And I said, what did you do? And I realized that they're searching for drugs. (gasps) Oh, no. So he ended up leaving. I ended up changing rooms. I was allowed to get a security guard. And I had a great time the rest of the week. I met a bunch (laughs) of other girls, too. We all, you know, partied. Lifelong friends, really. I still talk to a bunch of these people. (laughs) And he did end up getting back together with his ex-girlfriend. And I believe he got married. So I am happy for him. Well, that's good. I don't know what kind of lesson we're all learning here, where (laughs) it worked out well for him. got back together with his ex and it worked out well for you you met a bunch of besties yeah oh yeah it was you know like i would never recommend it please don't do this well it sounds like it turned it was a good idea (laughs) it was the dumbest thing she ever did that's not what i heard thank god she didn't die Yeah. This texter said, I've got a similar situation back when I was in college. A girl I was friends with in college had a best friend who came home from BC to visit. And I literally met her for like not even 10 minutes, fell head over heels. What? (laughs) Made plans to go visit her. Oh, no. Knowing she had a boyfriend out in BC. Oh, boy. I got on a plane, flew all the way out there for a vacation. Even my college instructor was expecting that I was going to get killed. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Her boyfriend ended up punching me. Really? I ended up staying at a hostel. Oh, my God. No, But at the end of it, I made some really good friends from the hostel that I still talk to to this day. (laughs) Another ridiculous situation and another lesson not learned. I, I... I, d- I mean, uh, you know what? I'm glad this ended up well for you, but I have to say that the story from the girl's perspective is probably being told now in a very different way. <laughs> but thank you for sharing all the same. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, Lily and Tom were having a shower together because this is like we have showers uh-huh. with Lil sometimes. We have baths with Lil. It's not a big deal. She's okay. three. Okay. Get over okay. it. <laughs> anyway, as they were getting out and they were drying themselves off, Lily said, I have to dry my my gina. <laughs> and so she's drying her gina and then she looked at Tom okay. <laughs> and she said, Daddy, do you have to dry your peanut? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, no. (laughs) He didn't correct her because it's so cute. And I'm not going to correct her. In fact, I might just start calling it that. I'm sure he'd love it. (laughs) Everyone wants wants it to be called a peanut and wants the word cute associated with that. cute little peanut. That's really, yeah. Wow. I know. (laughs) Well, hi, you're on Hot Country 1035. Who's this? Hi, uh, it's Scotty Collins. <gasps> Scotty! <laughs> it's Scotty! Puffle Scotty! He's got a rockin' little buddy! Someday she's gonna be at a friend's place and they're gonna be like, Would you like some peanuts? <laughs> or, you know, oh no, we can't have that sandwich because Grandma's right. got a peanut allergy. <laughs> Wait, you My- just have a bowl of them? <laughs> yeah. Well, Mommy has a peanut allergy too, sweetheart, so <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> That's called marriage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Mommy's had a peanut allergy yeah. since you were born. You do have to be careful what, what kind of stuff you tell them. Like, my, I think my parents knew, or at least my mother knew, that whatever they called it, I was just going to say all the time or make songs about. So yeah. my mother called it a chickawee. <laughs> and can yeah. I hear the song? No. No. It's just basically saying the word over and over again. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a bird call, Scott. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's the northeastern chickawee over there. I can see it. <laughs> and then, of course, I, I passed on that habit to my, my niece. She uh, <clears throat> she was little. She was playing with her, her, her animals, and it was like a lion, and she was roaring. And 
dog was barking and she had a giraffe and she didn't know what kind of noise it made. So I told her it said waka waka waka. <laughs> Which I thought was ha ha funny, no big deal, till like two or three years later she's playing with these animals, she's still saying it. I'm like, oh, that's not she's still she still gives me shit about that now. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, yeah. Giraffes are just Muppets. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Waka, waka. Sarah, what about your kids? What are they saying? So, the other day, um, my husband was just washing his hands in the bathroom, and I, I went over to talk to him, and my daughter goes, and I walk back, and she goes, did you just look at his pee-pee square? <laughs> Wait, what is that? His pee-pee square? Yeah, yeah, because, like, I don't know, there's these videos where it's like, um, what? Oh, wee wee square, she said. Oh, you've been corrected. Oh, wee wee square, yeah. Emery said wee wee square. And so it was like, uh, no, don't touch me there. This is my no no square, like those kinds of things. Oh. Um, but she calls it a wee wee square. So square is just part, the only word that rhymes. It's so not it's descriptive. There. It's not, we're not supposed to infer anything from that. Well, I hope not. <laughs> And I think she actually learned it from someone at school. Also, instructional videos for kids should not be calling things wee-wee squares. Or... Oh if you're little, it's a cylinder, not a square. Get it right. <laughs> I cheated. Should I tell him? <laughs> it's a quarter after eight. And Geneva is our date. And we need you now. We're knocking on your door. Let us in, cause it's time for Dear, Dear Geneva now. Dear Geneva, this is really difficult to message, but I literally cannot tell anyone I know and I need advice. All the details have been changed to keep me anonymous, but the question's still the same. So, I cheated on my boyfriend with someone we both know after a party. My boyfriend had left early and there was a lot of drinking because it's a party. After we left to go get a drink somewhere else, things got flirty and then it happened. We both immediately regretted it. We both said we wouldn't tell anyone. He's in a relationship too with someone in our same friend group, but the guilt is killing me. I'm so scared my boyfriend will find out. I would hate for him to find out from someone other than me. I don't know what to do. I know it'll never happen again. I hate myself right now. I don't want to lose him. Should I tell him and risk losing everything, or should I keep it to myself and hope it remains an awful secret mistake? Come on. Tell him. 100% you have to tell him. Like, we can't even be yes or no or thinking about it. He's gonna find out. You need to tell him ASAP. But she seems very certain it would never happen again and it was a huge mistake and she doesn't want to lose him she loves him so much and all the rest of it maybe honesty always isn't the best policy maybe maybe that's what samantha on facebook said telling him is about you it's not about him telling him will alleviate your guilt but it will gut him it's selfish to tell him you want out leave you want absolution tell a priest But I want to focus a little bit more on why she cheated, because there are a million different reasons why somebody cheated. And that is really what's going to be focused on after you tell them, or even if you don't tell them, if you ignore the reason that you've cheated and you don't tell them, then the same mistakes will happen over and over again. So what do you do? We need, we want to hear from you. You can, you can text, you can call, leave us a message here on Facebook live, 902-425-1035. Elizabeth, do you tell them? Oh, definitely. Whether it's for her to feel better about herself or for him, he still deserves to know um, because it's better for him to know now than, you know, the possibility of finding out years later. Um, and, you know, like I said, it and it's all about her. So, you know, whatever he decides, she has to be okay with that. She can't make him feel bad for her feeling bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when she tells him, you feel like she should really just focus on what she did wrong and not necessarily try to, like, justify it for any particular reason, or? Exactly, yeah, because it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter the reason. I mean, if he wants to know, you know, obviously, you know, she can tell him whatever he wants to know, but it doesn't matter the reason that, you know, her reasons behind it, it, it happened, 
And that's what she needs to focus on is just, hey, I did this. What can I do to make you feel better? Not what can, you know, like I feel so bad to leave that part out of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you think she could do to make him feel better? (laughs) Probably not, no. (laughs) I'm going to be honest, you know. (laughs) I mean, maybe there's a possibility of some situation where I'd be like, okay, I can forgive you, but, you know, I can't really see that. So knowing that, would that not be a reason to then maybe not tell him? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. Yeah, I would still rather know than than not know because I would feel then the whole relationship is a lie. So um, I actually get these calls a lot. There's a lot of people that call into my 15 minute phone consultation for matchmaking and they just want the quickest little tip. And it's usually like I cheated or things aren't going well. What do I do? Anyhow. It's, and it's, al- it's also because they want that tip for free, Ginny. <laughs> <laughs> I know and I'm a freaking sucker for it. I shouldn't announce it, but I'm like telling me everything. Um, but okay, so when we're coaching somebody who has cheated and we want them and they're going to be telling their partner always when someone says I cheated do I tell my partner my answer is always 100% yes 100% yes and so um what we need to do now you can't say anything that's going to make someone feel better nobody's going to feel better hearing that you betrayed them but there's things that you can do to make them feel much worse which we always want to make sure people avoid so number one no excuses so her saying that she was really drunk and it just happened you are taking full ownership of cheating you're there are no excuses there's no reasons why and that goes into the reasons why well i cheated because you don't cuddle me anymore i cheated because we haven't had sex in two months i cheated because of this you are never when you tell somebody the first time that you cheated you are never giving reasons as to what they have done wrong to make you cheat that might come up if you guys decide to work on it conversations later in therapy which is going to happen if you've cheated and you're telling them you will be going to therapy it's the best next step but when you first tell them you never ever ever blame the person that has been cheated on you take full ownership and you go from there so when so when you are uh, telling somebody that you love about the bad thing you did and are setting it up with the preface that it's really their fault that you did the bad thing. They don't like that? Do it all the time. Oh, you always do. Of course. Oh, oh Foreman's writing it down. Yeah. He's taking notes. Good to know. <laughs> for future reference. Yep. Huh. <laughs> I am Foreman because people think I look and act like Eric Foreman from that 70s show. Yes. Just settle down. Okay? Settle down! You are all losing your minds! Who's yelling? Who is yelling? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's just a nickname, though, and that's why I have it. But but that's from friends. Like, you're from your friends, right? Yes, exactly. From my daughter, Harley, she uh, said I remind her of a character from the Descendants movies, which is all about the, the kids of all the evil characters in Disney movies, like... Cruella DeVille's kids and Jafar's kids and Maleficent's kids. I never thought about Ursula's their kids. kids. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I thought, I thought she was saying this character. Would you consider maybe being more than friends? Maybe. Not him. Like boyfriend and girlfriend, we can hold hands instead of slugging each other all the time, and we can text, and I can tell you how great you are because Carlos, you're really, really great, and I'm, I'm the luckiest girl in the world. You're so nice and cute. Me too. I am the luckiest girl. I mean, guy. <laughs> no, I thought I, I heard her distinctly say, "I remind her of Jane, Jane, which is that who's the daughter of the fairy godmother from Cinderella." <laughs> okay. It can't be that. So, <laughs> just calling home now. Okay. <laughs> Hi, Harley. Hi. Hi, Harley. What are you doing? <laughs> Who do I remind you of from The Descendants? Jade. Jade? Yeah. And who is Jade? He He's a lot like you in Descendants. In what ways? He eats a lot. Is Jade a nice person on The Descendants? Yes. Is Jade funny or thinks yes. he's funny? Yes. Okay. Hey, don't lead her in a direction. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean Jay? Yes. Yeah. Okay, Jay is the son of Jafar. Okay. He's 
I han- know. He's handsome. Uh-huh. Athletic. Uh-huh. Uh, quick-witted. Uh-huh. With charm to spare. Uh-huh. Whose lies are as beautiful and silvery as his eyes. That can't be who she means. goes to show that all kids uh, have this very vastly different image of their parents than who their parents are. It sounds pretty are. accurate to me. <laughs> okay, thanks again. Love you. Very, very different. Uh, stop talking, mommy. It does also say he's a thief and a con man. So, so how about you? Have you ever uh, been uh, mistaken for somebody like that? Who's this? It's Andrew. Andrew! Andrew! Buddy calls himself Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) My first day of college in PEI, uh, 30-some-odd years ago, uh, everybody in the class thought I looked like uh, Radar from MASH, so that became my college nickname, and most of them still call me that to this day. I don't know the reference, because... Not not to make you feel old or anything. (laughs) I know MASH. I dated myself, I know. I remember Uh, the theme song for MASH when my parents would watch it. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't necessarily see the resemblance, but that they did, and the name stuck. I will take their word for it. Yeah, I know. I just dated myself on the radio. Still always lovely to hear from you. It is. Don't let this stop you from calling. Yeah, please. (laughs) We're jerks today. You're not getting rid of me that fast. Same. Yeah, you'd have to figure out how to take our number out of your phone. And we know at your age. (laughs) Oh, no. Wow. I noticed he's not laughing. I know. <laughs> Melanie Informant. The internet is a breeding ground for freaks. Hot Country 103.5. This is Tragically Trending, and up first, politics. <laughs> Elaine Maxwell was sentenced to 20 years in prison for helping Jeffrey Epstein provide underage girls to powerful men. It's optimistic of anyone to think that she's going to survive 20 years without some kind of accident that coincidentally occurs when the cameras are turned off by some weird mechanical fluke. (laughs) And it also speaks volumes that we all know more about the size of the poop on the bed in the Amber Johnny defamation (laughs) trial than we do about even a single name on their client list. Mm -hmm. But I digress. Yeah. Chris Pratt is bummed about being called the worst Chris of all the Chrises, like Hemsworth, (laughs) Evans, and Pines. He had a few grievances to air out in his Men's Health magazine interview, one of them being that he hates how he became, quote, the face of religion, since he says he isn't religious, even though he said, God is real. God loves you. God wants the best for you. Believe that. I do. Sounds like a very not religious person. Yeah, exactly. He said things to the effect of glory to God. God is good. I love God. Many times on social media, he posted that in order to feel better, he listens to, quote, good worship music and gets the good word in. But I agree with him, you guys. He has made it crystal clear because nothing says I am not religious more than listening to Christian music on the way to church while shouting glory to God out of your car window. But, I mean, what would I know? Because I'm a total heathen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just, yeah. I'm just saying, I do know that I never have and never will watch the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy. And it's not because I'm opposed to smutty entertainment. I am just opposed to wanting to shove an ice pick in my eyes and ears for two solid hours. But according to Dakota Johnson, who is way too good for that franchise, the movies were even less fun to make than they were for us to watch. She said the book's author E.L. James had way too much creative control and made demands that resulted in a lot of cheesy movie moments. Mm. Dakota doesn't regret doing it, but she says if she knew what it was going to be, she wouldn't have done it, which means that Dakota obviously never read the source material, because if she did, she would have known it was written like erotica for 13-year-olds by 13-year-olds. And let me demonstrate exactly what I mean. Jeez, he looks so freaking hot. 
My subconscious is frantically fanning herself, and my inner goddess is swaying and writhing to some primal carnal rhythm. <laughs> or he smiles, then strides with renewed purpose out of the store, slinging the plastic bag over his shoulder, <laughs> leaving me a quivering mass of raging female hormones. <laughs> or my personal favorite, the orange juice tastes divine. It's thirst quenching and refreshing. <laughs> My inner goddess is also arriving right now, but for a very different reason. <laughs> We were talking about the five words that I had that might change your life. Do you remember that conversation, Foreman? I think so, from what I recall from being awake for part of it. <laughs> Guided medication. No, I did it again! <laughs> oh, my. I, this is a second Freudian slip. Wow. I've had. Wow, I had you know. something on the on the mind. Yeah, I know what it is. <laughs> yes, sleep. Meditation. <laughs> Guided meditation <laughs> for your toddler. <laughs> now I don't want to get ahead of myself, uh-huh. but I may have discovered something. Because yesterday I was talking about how my child just won't stay in her room at bedtime. And we got so many suggestions from listeners. Literally, we got hundreds and hundreds of suggestions from listeners so thank you finally i was just so fed up i just said there, there's foxes outside he ended up stacking milk crate then putting a baby over top of that milk crate you'll never believe it but i'm using coyotes you locked it Yes. Yes. Whatever you need to do. Locking the door. Yeah, that's the only way everyone's keeping their kids in their rooms at night. That's what I thought. I thought we were going to have to lock it. But then one of the suggestions was from Tina Chalk on Facebook. And thank you so much, Tina, for suggesting this. It was an audiobook called The Rabbit Who Wants to Fall Asleep. He was lying there thinking about all the things that can make him tired now. All those things that usually would make him tired, oh boy, sleepy. Okay, you get it. You get it. So it was tired. Forty-five oh, minutes. Oh no! That story, by oh, the way. What? And it, it's a great, I mean, if you want to fall asleep, it's a great one. I tried putting it on for Lily initially, uh, my my three-year-old, but then she asked for a story, quote, from your mouth about Princess Lily and her two best friends. Oh, like you have to make it up. Yes, which I always do. So I rolled with it. And I told her a story about Princess Lily and her two best friends, Mia and AJ, who went for a walk in the woods. And as they walked, they felt the leaves crunch under their feet. Crunch. Crunch. And the wind (laughs) rustled the trees. (laughs) And they looked up and saw the sun shining down, down, down between the trees and feel the warmth <laughs> on their face. You're gonna cause an accident! And their head all the way down to their toes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, and boy. I told my own story for an hour and then for like the... An hour? The, yeah, for an hour. The knockout punch at the end of my story, I put that the rabbit who wants to fall asleep back on she's still sleeping now <laughs> so is everybody yeah I'm sorry for any accidents I might have caused <laughs> Liza Mullins uh, tweeted us and she tuned in and she thought that she'd done something wrong until she heard Foreman and, and realized okay no it's it yeah. is them I haven't just entered a, a, some sort of parallel universe yeah is somebody's podcast playing <laughs> yeah. in my radio what? hot country now guided meditation yeah what about you john oh dropping my son off to his mother's and getting rid of and turned around on main street and going by mcdonald's and then my head started bobbing oh no <laughs> see i didn't know the power i had <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah, my head started bobbing up and down. I was like, oh my God, this got to stop. It works, though. That's the thing. Because I, after telling Lily the story, I was also exhausted. I was lucky. I didn't have that problem with my kids. They went straight to sleep and slept oh. 12 hours every night. Okay, well, this call's done. Thanks, John. <laughs> 12 hours. <laughs> When does it end was uh, exactly what I was asking over the weekend when uh, my house was infiltrated by nine-year-old girls. Oh, God. <laughs> it yes. was No, they were actually really good, and they had a lot of fun. And you won't believe, you won't be able to guess what was uh, said during dinner among, uh, there was four in total, nine-year-olds, including my own daughter, Harley. You will not, you get, do you want to take mean, a guess? I just- Possibly, can you give me like? Uh, it relates to di- relates to the food. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm not even gonna try. I, I feel like if you if you leave me unfiltered this morning, I'm going to swear. That is the kind of mood I'm in. Oh, it included a swear. No, oh. but I just said you. Yes, you yes. will swear. That is correct. Ah, okay. <laughs> That's very self-aware of you. <laughs> I am just, I'm in a break things kind of mood this morning. But what this nine-year-old asked for at dinner was, and I can't believe, there's no way I've known any other kid to want this, like this, or ask for this. Do you have any hot sauce? Oh. We ordered pizza. And they're all eating pizza. And one of the girls visiting my daughter asked for hot sauce. And everybody else was just as shocked as me, including all of her friends. <laughs> You're eating hot. Really? You want hot sauce? Okay. Well, we can. We got some Franks. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, I put it on everything. It's like she's reciting the commercial. Like commercial. Yes. <laughs> and then as she's plopping it all over her pizza slices, follows it up with, well, I'm a very spicy girl. <laughs> Who also smokes four packs a day and I can't taste anything. <laughs> we would like to know what you think. It's 902-425-1035. Uh, Chris, how about you? Oh, my nine-year-old absolutely loves Frank. She puts it on everything. Same as the slogan. Get out of here. <laughs> No, absolutely. All my kids do. I got four daughters. I've got another one on the way. All four of them, 13, 11, 9, and 4, all eat hot sauce and spicy food. They absolutely love it. They're worse than me. Hey, she goes, hey, Dad, I like it hot. Licks her finger, touches her hip, and then makes a sizzle sound every time. Oh, my. Oh, my God. Okay, but I was telling Foreman, I am not that shocked by this. My daughter eats raw onions. If she tried Frank's hot sauce, <laughs> well, she would love it. <laughs> Guaranteed. Mine does the same thing. Peppers, tomatoes, onions. Just eats it like it's it's nothing. My experience with uh, this age group is they like everything as bland as possible. <laughs> no, no, it's wild because my girlfriend won't even eat hot sauce. Nothing spicy but the kids do. Um, Speaking of extremes, four daughters and you have another daughter on the way? Yes. Huh. Are you masochistic? <laughs> no, no. I'm a railroader. It's a curse. We travel. We're away from home. So I'm never home to see them, to protect them, I guess. So just keep so. making more. And yeah, might as well. Keep trying. You know what? My cousin always told me uh, Tom Brady's parents didn't get a boy till the fifth try. Well, he was wrong. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Well, <laughs> better get back out on the railroad. <laughs> We need to figure out where are all the single people at. Everybody, Geneva's back alright. Dear Geneva, where do I meet women? I'm in my 30s. I have a great career. I've got a great group of friends, but I never meet new people. I wake up, I go to work, I hang out with my friends at the same spots, and usually it's just the guys. I'm online dating, but we all know how exhausting that can be. How do I meet new people, especially women? So, do you know? So, you're like, so? Okay, so let's talk about this. I talk about this quite a lot. Now, number one, of course, the number one thing you need to do is you need to get out of your regularly scheduled programming. The biggest myth in dating is um, it should just happen. It should, I should just be walking down the street and she walks up and her hair blows in the wind and I say to my friend, that's the woman I'm going to marry. And then I approach her and it's amazing and we're married with babies. So, that 
is a fairy tale. You have to, have to purposely get out there and push yourself to meet people. Now, I have a huge list of where to go and meet people, but you have to almost like schedule it into your calendar so you go to it. So there's things like meetup.com, Eventbrite, um, Google events near me, music clubs, saying yes to family events, going on hiking adventures. Weddings are a great place to meet people. You know, some people grab a part-time job somewhere that's really social and fun, or they volunteer for like a music festival this summer where they're going to meet tons and tons of people, or maybe go to a singles event. We have like a huge singles mixer coming up July 9th, you know, check out your single events in your local area, but really you have to push yourself out of getting out of your routine. And then wherever you're at, you can't be in a corner twiddling your thumbs. You have to get around talking to people and not just the beautiful women you talk to the men you talk to the women you talk to people that are you know older you talk to people that are younger you're talking to everybody and you're just being that social butterfly and enjoying the social situation doing all the events possible all summer long seems pretty exhausting I would yeah. say your best bet might be the one where all the single women are brought to you at one single event. Yes, I mean, not to have like a shameless plug here, but but you it's literally true. do, not this weekend, but next weekend, have an event yeah. specifically for this purpose. And I don't even know what happens at a, at like a mixer like this. And that's the thing is that we put single men on a platter. We put single women on a platter. When was the last time you walked into a room and you knew everybody there was single? That's another thing. When you go to the other events, you don't know who's single, who's married, who's what. So a single event is great for that. Now, mixers are very, very intimidating. So being the professional um, matchmaker that I am, we actually have lots of great icebreakers. In this case, it's a lock and key. So the gals have a little padlock around their neck and the men have keys. So you have to go and try to find as many locks that unlock the keys. And then that gets entered to a door prize. But it's a nice little icebreaker to be like, oh, like, does my key unlock your lock? Borman's laughing because of the innuendo. I know it already. (laughs) It sounds very medieval and reminds me of a certain movie. The chastity belt. Yes, yeah. Got it. I wasn't even thinking of it that way. I was thinking of it like one of those uh, swingers parties where everyone throws their keys in a bowl and you Mm. pick out the keys. But Foreman always finds a way to go the most uh, (laughs) immature immature route possible. Well, you know what? If that's where it goes, uh, you know, who cares? You know what I mean? But, oh my gosh, Foreman, I never thought but of that. that's what, you know what? He would say that at one of these events. He would yeah. say that and the right person would get the reference and laugh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just think it's important to remember that even someone like Foreman found someone who loves him. So there is yeah. there is hope for Good point. everyone. <laughs> But if you're interested, go to my website or my Instagram or what have you. And it's all Book of Love Canada. So if you want to grab your spot, that's where you go find it. We got by in school by cramming at the very last minute and still somehow getting good grades. Somehow we made it through. We're not saying do it. We're just saying that in honor of the last day of school, maybe we should do it. Mm. And you should test us. We could. We could We could cram in one more subject before uh, you're free for the summer. So, uh, Ashley, thank you for calling and standing by here. What is it? Do you? Is there something that you know a ridiculous amount about that you can try and stump us with? Um, well, I'm a nurse, and I I would have to say I know a ridiculous amount lately about how to insert a catheter. Okay, all right, so, so, so. (laughs) Staying specifically to the insertion of the catheter. I think we could do it. Well, let's let's do insertion. That's what what she said, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Okay, no, 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 you know that if we're doing catheters, There's going to be innuendos. There's going to be... Not that there's anything sexy about a catheter. They suck. I've had one. Well, Uh, they don't suck, but never mind. Well, (laughs) they... They do the opposite. They drain. They drain. They drain. They're medically necessary in many instances. Yes. They're not funny in any no, way. No, not funny in any way. Thank God how, for them. How often are you finding yourself inserting a catheter? At least twice a shift. Uh-huh. How would you rate that you're, when you're doing that task, how would you rate your patient's 
overall uh, overall emotions during that process? Um, it's a lot easier to do a female, but if I'm doing a male, they they feel it all the way through over the prostate. So maybe maybe Melody, you should take I'll you take should the female. cram. No, oh. I was gonna say you cram the male. I'll cram facts. the male. I sure <laughs> will. Okay. And I'll cram the women's facts. We're gonna have the length of this next song, Ashley, to do all this work. Okay. Then we'll see whether we whether we've ruined everyone long weekend or not. Okay. <laughs> all right, hold on. See that girl over there? Everyone thinks she's hot. We have crammed everything about this particular topic. Fire away. All right. So question number one: Whether you're doing a catheter on a male or female. Is this procedure considered sterile or non-sterile? Sterile. Yes. Oh, oh my God. I think you're going to stump us, Ashley. <laughs> okay. All right, question two. When you're cleansing the area, male or female, what is the solution you should use to cleanse it? Just, just a common antiseptic, for, for at least for a male uh, eggplant. Yeah, what's the name? I only know common antiseptic. <laughs> that's, that's what the page said. What? We really need. Do you really need to be more specific than that at the hospital? Come on. No, we don't. What is it called? Iodine. Oh. Iodine. Okay. Iodine just doesn't sound like something I want on my flower pot, but <laughs> but I suppose none of the experience is what I want. But mm-hmm. okay. All right. So. Question three, we'll go towards more insertion now. Okay. Before insertion, what do you want to do with the tip of the catheter? Lubricate it. Yes. Yeah! Oh, man, I crammed really well. Foreman, I... <laughs> and that, you know, short-term use is less than 28 days. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I picked up one thing. We're still going to award you a prize, Ashley. Wait, were those all the questions? Oh, I have more questions. What? Foreign. How much time do we want to spend on inserting catheters? One more catheter-related question. Okay. All right. Uh, So once the catheter is in and you've gotten uh, output, what must you fill up to keep the the catheter from pulling out or falling out? The Foley catheter balloon? Yes. The balloon, yes! (laughs) Even I knew that. And now I think we're going to keep the prizes. <laughs> we award ourselves. <laughs> you have two to choose from, Ashley. Might I suggest this lovely fullback royal blue new era large, extra large size. So it really fits most head sizes. Uh, Maritime Fuels SO cap. Beautiful embroidery, uh, royal blue and bright red. It is an absolutely wonderful cap. The uh, beak uh, curves and folds quite nicely. That is one of your prize choices, or... Or you could have this stainless steel flask uh, engraved with Hot Country 103.5, fifth anniversary. I don't know when that was. It's certainly not this year, oh, but... a while ago. This this is still in the package, so it's not like... it's. I mean, it's stainless steel. It's not going anywhere, but it is a six-ounce flask, and if anyone deserves to have a six-ounce flask, it is a nurse. And someone who inserts catheters all day. I'm gonna take the flask. I color me surprised. <laughs> Congratulations, Ashley. Well, actually, the phone is ringing now. I don't know who it. You know, usually. Who else would be calling? Scotty calls a lot, and he's he's quite funny. You know, remember the last time we were talking about how you admitted, and everybody listening admitted to peeing in pools. All I know is the next time that you go to the Canada Game Center, I got a funny feeling you're in trouble. <laughs> Pretty funny. Still funny. <laughs> yeah, well, let's answer the phone now and see who it happens to be. <laughs> Hi, you're on Hot Country 1035. Who's this? Hi, it's Scotty calling. Scotty! <laughs> oh, it's Scotty! Scotty! He's got a rocking little buddy! I just want to know, is, is you must you must have already been talking about this, but this is a real game changer now with your catheter knowledge as far as going to your daughter's swim class. <sighs> Because you can just you can just pop one of those in and just let the bag float beside you as you're doing the class. No. <laughs> oh man. No. For short-term you know? use, Melody, you want to use the uncoated latex version, by the way. That's right. 
<laughs> and don't use too much iodine in your flower pot. <laughs> that'll show up in the water. Oh, boy. Routine okay. drainage yeah. requires a 10-milliliter oh, balloon size, just so ah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, anyway, just in case you hadn't thought of it, there it is. Uh, we hadn't, but now. <laughs> now that's all we can think it. of. <laughs> that's right. Perfect. <laughs> well, have a great right. long weekend, Scotty. Yeah, you too. You too. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> See you at the pool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Text 902-425-1035. Write Melody Informant on socials. Or email Melody Informant at hotcountry1035.ca.